Uh, so, Norm, can you explain how this group came together, if you would, and what you're fighting for or against, you know, or maybe both? How, how did it come together? Well, when we, uh, I think it was when Governor Whitmer uh, came out and had a, had a presentation or a speech in front of a bunch of people, and she said that uh, she was after state control. Uh, that's when we got a little bit worried and concerned because we were wondering why the state wants to get involved in this. And uh, uh, it's because there's been tremendous opposition uh, to wind and solar projects throughout rural Michigan. Um, for example, there have been 29 wind energy referenda, that is uh, elections that were voted on by the people for weak wind ordinances or, or ordinances that were passed by township officials. And in all 29 of those elections, okay, the wind companies lost or the township officials that wanted a weak wind ordinance that allowed wind energy uh, facilities to come into their community, they lost. So that's 29 out of 29. It's not, it hasn't been 20 out of 29. It hasn't been 25 out of 29. It's all 29. So, um, there were some emails amongst some of the activists, the, the people that, uh, you know, like for example, um, I'm called because my township, um, was sued by Nextera Energy back in 2017, and they lost in federal court, and people started calling me, asking me for help with their ordinance, and wanted to know, first of all, what happened in that lawsuit. So I explained that, then they would ask, well, the the officials aren't listening to us. Uh, how do we do a referendum? I send them that information because I organized the referendum in our township. And so that that's basically what happened. So uh, several of us got together and said, what are we going to do? And Kevin Martis, uh, myself, and several other people got together and said, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. And so we started a group called Citizens for Local Choice, Citizens for Local Choice, and uh, – it grew from there, and then we we put it on Facebook. We had a web page, and uh, again, what the state wants to do is take over local control of zoning for wind, solar, and battery storage facilities. And we say, what's going to happen next? Is it going to be aggregate mining? Is it going to be uh, uh, septic systems, which uh, these two, have, for example, have already been discussed? Will it be uh, vacation home rentals? Those have already been discussed at the state level about the possibility of state takeover. And we think that local communities know best what should happen in their own local communities when it comes to wind, solar, aggregate mining, or storage facilities for, um, with batteries. So it is more than just uh, this uh, Public Act 233. That's what you're actively fighting against right right now, but it, it sounds Correct. like... Correct, okay. yes, right. That's, that, yeah, that's actually very interesting. You know, and it's also, because I was looking at some of your literature, I don't really see any opinions regarding pro or against renewable energy. Is that on purpose? Is this just only about who gets to make the decisions? No, well, it, it's hard to separate the two, you know, because people will say, well... You just don't want wind turbines. Well, you know, some people do and some people don't. Um, and you don't want solar panels. Well, I don't want a nuclear power plant 50 feet from my backyard. You know, so, yeah, the, we can't eliminate that. But the bulk of it is the county uh, should make the decision. The township officials should make the decision. I think I mentioned that, you know, the locals know better, you know, what should go, you know, 50 feet or 100 feet or 200 feet from our homes. So, you know, that's mentioned, it's brought up, and, and people on the Facebook page um, will mention 
you know, things about wind energy. And we try to say, you know, let's stay focused. We know you don't want that, but uh, do you want, uh, do you want the state to come in and tell you that you have to have your septic tank ex- um, uh, looked at and examined every five years and it's going to cost you $500 for every, for every test? Or do you want your local community to make that decision? Uh, so, yeah, it's by design, but, you know, we just try to keep people focused. And they, for the most part, they that's exactly what they do. They try to keep it on loss of local control and state take, take over yeah, and it's of very, that local control. Yeah, and it's very interesting that this is more than just about wind and solar, because I, I do believe your guys' assessment is correct. Your assessment's correct that this is something that could be, you know, slippery slope towards uh, state control on a variety of issues, more so than just these these two specific issues that we're kind of focusing on right now. Um, any political party affiliation, or is this bipartisan? Oh, it's extremely bipartisan. I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because uh, just uh, I went to a meeting yesterday, and uh, I, I didn't talk long. Kevin Kevin had a great PowerPoint presentation, so I uh, I let him go. As a matter of fact, I looked at his PowerPoint, and it had all the points I was going to make. Uh, this is a great example of what we're talking about. Uh, Tuscola County, where I live in the thumb part of the state in the lower peninsula, Huron County, which has more wind turbines than any other county in the state, Sanilac County, which is all uh, it's in the thumb, and Isabella County is in the middle of the in the middle of the state. All four of those towns or counties, excuse me, all four of those counties have wind turbines and they love the money that comes into their community. They they love what they can do with that money. However, they still approved resolutions stating that they are against state control of local control of zoning. Why? They just know it's wrong. Uh, I, I talked to a uh, planning commission member from a, a nearby township uh, in my area near Carroll, Michigan, and he is a wind lease holder. And he said, whether I have wind uh, turbines on my property or not, that's not the point. The point is this is just wrong. You know, state control, they have no business being in here. So you've got uh, you've got people that are pro-wind, against wind. They're Democrats, they're Republicans. It doesn't matter. They're just saying that this is wrong. And where is it going to lead? And that's that's my concern. Uh, I, again, I don't want a wind turbine, a 656 foot tall wind turbine, uh, 900 feet from my my house or a thousand feet from my house. But where does it end? And that, that's the concern of the group. Yeah, that is that is uh, that is interesting. And actually, I, it's funny you mentioned uh, Isabella County because I went to a college down at CMU and I would go on some drives on occasion and I'd see all those windmills. Um, kind of off in the distance, you know, on the on the back roads. But so yeah, there there's certainly a lot of them down there. Um, so this initiative. Got, in in, yeah, ahead, in addition, let me let me let me uh, add to that too. In addition, there are. Um, I was responsible for. Well, I wasn't responsible. I just took this upon myself. There are over 90 townships in the state that have also drafted resolutions against this. There, I only had a, a record of 33 counties total that were against this, but I didn't contact every certain, every single county throughout the state. My understanding is most of the counties have adopted a resolution saying, uh, this is, this is wrong period. Yeah. And with that many counties, it's bound to your point to be uh, pretty bipartisan. You know, it's not every single county is Republican, not every single county is, oh, exactly. uh, is Democrat. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, this initiative got approved by the uh, board of state canvassers. So where, where do things stand now? What are the next steps? 
Well, we are waiting. We just had uh, just got off of a Zoom meeting and talking about uh, a, a, a people supporting or not supporting. We had a Zoom meeting for county captains. What we're, our group is doing is asking for volunteers to step forward. None of us get paid uh, for each county, and, and they can be co-captains. Uh, so two people, let's say, get together, and they're – their job is to organize and uh, collect donations, donations we really need, uh, signatures and so forth. And we discussed the, the proper procedure for that. Um, let's see. Anyway, the next procedure or the next step is the state has to finalize the language and get it down in the proper, uh, proper font. I mean, it's very detailed. They have to use the proper font, the proper size paper. They will make a copy of that, get that to us to our group, Citizens for Local Choice, and then we will make copies. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of copies we will make, and then those will be distributed to the county captains, and then they, the county captains, have to then get those to maybe smaller township groups, you know, like uh, I already know, I'm not a county captain, but I've, I've had about six or seven people volunteer through my contacts, and I send when I know that somebody in a local, uh, excuse me, when a local township wants to help collect signatures, I send that county captain the name, and then it's up to the county captain to deliver those signatures. Now we have to get those signatures to the state. 357, approximately 357,000 signatures are required, valid signatures. We plan on collecting over 500,000 because of mistakes and errors and, uh, with people filling out the petition form. And uh, that has to be handed in by May 29th if we want this issue to be on the November ballot. If we don't have enough valid signatures by May 29th, then it goes to the next election, which would be, I believe, in November of 2025. But we would like to reach this earlier goal if we can. Certainly. There's been a uh, another common gripe when it comes to a solar project specifically. I'll, I'll kind of summarize uh, with a quote from an NPR article. So a bill to support solar power production on farmland made it out of the Michigan Senate on Tuesday. The bill would codify a state policy that lets farmers use their land for solar energy generation under development rights agreements with the state. Those allow farmers to claim tax credits in exchange for keeping their land in agricultural production so this ballot initiative of yours, if it were to pass, do local governing bodies, to your knowledge, have any control if farmers who have solar projects, you know, to qualify for that tax credit, which is usually reserved for uh, for farmland? Or is that just a state's issue? Uh, that will be just a state issue that that's between the state and them as far as uh, the, the, the solar leaseholders that's that's between them we wouldn't have any control over that uh it would come down to let's say uh, uh your township whatever township you live in if you live in one or in a city and they decide to allow a solar project of one or two thousand acres or and, and they want to cut down a thousand acres of trees or something and uh okay so then the the people that own that land they can have they can have that uh, th that solar project installed there. Well, that's up to the state and and the wind lease, or excuse me, yeah, the wind lease holders or the solar lease holders, if that's the case, uh, about the tax credits. So the local, the, our efforts have nothing to do with that. Okay. Well, thanks for clarifying. I just want to make sure because I know that's something that there's a a, a very a very uh, substantial amount of uh, rural populations are concerned with that as well. Kind of having seen these these farms tax credits going to uh, to solar. Um, you know, because they're, quote, harvesting the sun. 
But <laughs> yeah, uh, but you. I tell people. I tell people wind, wind, and the only thing wind and solar farms uh, grow uh, is animosity and discontent among the local consider, uh, citizens. So you likely have more insight into this than I do. So historically, where have these wind and solar projects been placed or tried to have been placed in this state? Is this a, is a lot of it popping up on farmland, just general private land on state land, uh, or, or maybe a combination of all of the above? Well, it's easier to put it on farmland because they don't have to cut down any trees. And that's why the, the thumb has more wind turbines than the rest of the state combined. Do you take uh, the, the ones that I mentioned, the counties that I mentioned, Huron County, uh, Sanilac County, uh, Tuscola County, uh, that's, uh, it's all farmland. Uh, you, I can, I can see, let me stand up here. Uh, I stand up and I can look out in the backyard. Well, it's pretty tough. It's, it's very overcast, but five miles away, I can see about six or seven turbines and that's, it's all flat land. Uh, you know, there's a, a few trees dotted here and there, but that that's where they want to put them is, uh, where, uh, everything is empty and it's easier to install them. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I want to establish this before getting to my uh, my next question. So the following quote on your website that I found um, pretty interesting. So under local control, Michigan has installed nearly twice as much wind capacity as Ohio and Wisconsin combined with their state controlled uh, siting. And uh, Michigan has nearly identical amounts of solar as Wisconsin and Ohio. Developers exaggerate Correct. the roadblock local control presents. So if that's truly the case, which it sounds like it is, uh, it sounds like we're already approving a lot of these projects and that rejections are fewer and farther between than uh, people may be fear-mongering. Is that what you have seen personally? Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think you need to get a hold of the of the uh, chairman of the Public Services Com- Commission because the three-member panel of the three of the Public Services Commission, they're the ones that will determine whether or not wind and solar projects are approved. And and our our fear is that they will just rubber stamp that. But you're absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, Ohio, I'm glad you brought that up. Ohio used to have uh, state control. They did this. They did what the state of Michigan is trying to do. And there were so many complaints from residents and so many lawsuits flying around and so many legislators that had to answer questions they couldn't answer. So eventually, uh, I think it was, uh, I'd say two years ago, approximately, that uh, Ohio basically gave control back to the counties. And Kevin and I went and gave a presentation in Bucyrus, Ohio, which is south of Cedar Point or Sandusky, Ohio, about a half an hour or so. And um, what happened there is we met in front of a yeah, pretty close to 200 people and we talked the, as, much, as much as they would allow us to talk. And eventually what happened is there was a referendum because the uh, the county voted with us, the county officials, they were three members, and they said, yep, we agree with you, but uh, if uh, Apex wants to do a referendum, they can. And uh, a referendum was done in Ohio, in uh, Crawford County, Ohio, and there were 16 precincts in Ohio, and every single precinct, the wind development, wind development was turned down in every single precinct, 16 out of 16. So uh, I'm still trying to kind of get my head around. You, you brought up the uh, the Michigan Public Service Commission, this three panel, uh, these these three individuals basically getting to to uh, to decide wind and solar projects for the entire state. Are these bureaucrats? Are these elected officials? Are they appointed? What's the those um, are I'm good. They're appointed. They can't be recalled. And see, that's one of the issues. If mm-hmm. if uh, uh, in in my township, for example, there. Uh, there were, it was a pro wind energy board 
and there were uh, several conflicted officials, and there was an election in 2016, and four of the pro-win board members were removed. Okay, so that then uh, we eventually passed a good, strong wind ordinance. But in other communities, they can't do that because of the timing of the the recall. But uh, if they can, if they're allowed, according to state law, to have a recall, they recall those officials and they're replaced. And uh, that's that's how they get things done. But those appointed three that appointed panel, they can't be recalled. There is no referendum. We're, we are stuck. The state is basically saying, well, listen, uh, local communities, <laughs> you can either do it our way or you can do it our way. And it's a three member panel that makes that decision. Yeah, I mean, the final might... authority, the final authority comes down to the Public Services Commission. And I believe I might be wrong on this. I would have to research this more, but I believe all three of them have experience in renewable energy. The, so uh, we're stuck. The chairman certainly does. I've I've been reading up on him uh, a little bit and seeing some of his uh, his tw- uh, Twitter feed. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, but yeah, I mean that is one of the more concerning aspects of this entire conversation uh, that they can't be recalled. That there there's no accountability because um, at the very least with local control, uh, this would be something that you would have uh, accountability over uh, township trustees or county commissioners. Uh, but. You may or may not have a position on this, and that's totally fine. Uh, but the question, I think, it does have some merit. So these projects that you know we discussed are on farmland or private land, um, and when I say projects, I mean ones that have been approved or not approved. So kind of in the same vein of having issues with the the state government having kind of ripped control away from local governments. Um, why do go- local governments get to tell private citizens what they can do with their property? Is your stance more pro-zoning or anti-zoning, or is it as simple as a legitimate answer of, hey, we're looking to get power back from the state, give it back to the local governments, and these local governments and their citizens can kind of haggle over how restrictive they want zoning laws to be? I kind of wanted to ask you this because you guys are the leaders on this local control movement at this moment. Well, the the best answer for that is when someone uh, and I've done this uh, at, at township meetings. I've been to over eighty or ninety different township meetings across the state because people ask me, you know, talk to me about the referendum, talk to me about uh, a recall, what happened, what happened with your wind ordinance, and oh, you have a wind ordinance? Could you send that to us? Okay, so I've been through that, and uh, I go to their meetings to help them out. They call me most. I'd say ninety percent of the meetings I've been to, somebody's called and asked for help. Okay, and what I do is I'll stand up and I'll say, I see the attorney for that pro-wind leaseholder over there uh, did a PowerPoint presentation last month where he said uh, those those leaseholders should have a right to do what they want to do on their own property. And I'd like to ask this board if you have any intention of removing and getting rid of and dismissing the planning planning commission members because their whole – purpose, their whole existence is telling people what they can and cannot do on their property. And of course, the board members say, no, we have no intention of doing that. And I'll say, well, please let the attorney for the other for the other individual know that because uh, you can't do what you want to do on your own property. That's what zoning is. And I'm all for zoning. I mean, I, sir, I don't have a great house, but it's pretty nice and I'm happy. But I wouldn't want to be surrounded by, I, I don't want to have a, a landfill right next to me. You know, that should, I think the local people should have a, a decision as to whether they could put in that landfill to, uh, 50 feet from my property line. 
you know. So yeah, I I do like zoning, and I think people that own three, four, five hundred thousand dollar homes probably don't want, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, again, a landfill or something like that right next to their property. So yes, I'm, I'm in favor of zoning. I was in favor of that before wind and solar even, even reared their, their heads. How can listeners support your work, uh, collecting signatures, giving a signature or any, you know, kind of variation thereof of, of helping you guys out? Uh, I, there's a, a web page for us. It's www my that's m i not m y m i would like an abbreviation for michigan m i citizens choice dot org my citizens choice dot org that's my with an i and uh you go there you sign up there's a place to donate there's a place uh for uh comments uh uh, that residents can make and uh a, a question frequently asked question sheet that they can look at too yeah, I'm sure they could find the answer on your website, but real quick, because you said, you know, like, oh, we're not getting paid to do this, but you are taking donations. What is that money going to be used for? The money is used for uh, printing off all those uh, all those petitions. It's uh, to pay for the attorney. We had an attorney that had to get the language approved, and you know a corporate attorney in Lansing is, I'm sure, not cheap. And we didn't get our chance to discuss things in front of the uh, the, the board of canvassers uh, it was pretty close to four o'clock, I think, somewhere around there. But what happened is, well, the attorney's there at nine o'clock in the morning, so the attorney's got to be got to be paid from nine o'clock in the morning until uh, three or four o'clock when it starts, and then she's also getting paid when she when she makes her presentation. So she's there for seven hours and talks for an hour. Yeah, that's where it goes for. Plus, if we don't get enough signatures, we have to hire a company to collect those signatures for. So if let's say by uh, the middle of April or the first first week of April, we don't have enough signatures to meet meet the deadline. We will have to hire a company and they will get anywhere from five, depending on the company, five to $15 per valid signature. And if they collect a hundred thousand, well, you do the math, a hundred thousand signatures or 200,000 signatures that we need, that's a couple of million dollars. So that's what we need the donations for. Their website is MI, spelled the letter M, the letter I, MICitizensChoice.org. We're speaking with Norm Stevens from Citizens for Local Choice. Norm, thank you for making the time to join us today and for this insightful conversation. And thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.